Welcome to Parenting with Sisu, the podcast with an international perspective on family life in Finland. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Parenting with Sisu. This episode is the first from our new series called Pregnancy Stories, where international moms living in Finland tell about their pregnancies. I'm Eleonora, and I'm here today with Jess, a mother of two boys. Today, she will be telling us her pregnancy story, which is very special. Jess went through two pregnancies during which she experienced hyperemesis gravidarum. Hi Jess, it's so nice to have you here with me. As most of you don't know, uh, Jess is actually a good mommy friend of mine, who I met two and a half years ago in my first mommy group ever. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here and to share a bit about my pregnancy experience in Finland. Uh, so Jess, for our listeners that don't know you, tell us a bit about yourself first. Uh, well, I moved to Finland from Australia almost six years ago now. And like many, I moved because my now husband is Finnish. Uh, we spent a year living in Germany, but moved back to Finland just before we got married and then had our firstborn, Onni. Uh, we now have two boys. Onni is two and a half years old and Toivo is five months old now. Yeah, I think you shared the, the story of coming to Finland because we're partner with many of other of our listeners, including also me. <laughs> but uh, let's start actually uh, talking about why we're actually here today. And that's uh, to talk about the hyperemesis gravidarum. So for a lot of people out there that don't know what it is, um, HG is a pregnancy complication that is characterized by severe nausea, vomiting, weight loss and possibly dehydration. And it is considered more severe than morning sickness. Uh, so Jess will tell us a bit more about her experience with it and how she coped. Uh, so of course, when I first found out that I was pregnant, I was very excited and I started to experience symptoms of morning sickness uh, from six weeks. And I assumed it was, you know, the same morning six sickness that everyone talks about and that many women suffer when they're pregnant. But uh, things got pretty intense pretty quickly from the six-week mark. So that means I was vomiting approximately 50 times a day and I was unable to keep even a sip of water down. From six weeks to 14, I lost about 15 kilos and... Oh, wow. That's a... <laughs> yeah, I was severely dehydrated. I remember thinking to myself, this must be what it feels like to be dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely not not how you imagine to start your pregnancy. No, not at all. <laughs> and I was I was too weak to do anything. I was just sleeping and crawling to the bathroom uh, until eventually one evening, of course, my husband convinced me that I should go to the hospital. Okay, so when you first time went to the hospital, yeah, did you... Did you have to kind of explain yourself a lot or did you kind of get the care that you or did they realize kind of like straight away what it is, what is wrong or did they have to do some testings? Uh, so initially, actually, we called them to say, you know, like we're planning to come in. I'm not really sure why we called, but like, is there is there anything else we should do? 
And they first they mm-hmm. tried to tell me that like, oh well, we're it's really busy in here right now, and if you could survive until the morning, then probably you should try and wait till the morning, and you can go to the doctor. So like the initial response was almost like, don't come in at all. Don't come. Okay. So you went to you called into Nystan Clinica, so the women's hospital in Helsinki. Yes. Yeah. So eventually okay. we went anyway to the hospital uh, because things were not getting better for me. And I mean, they were a little bit maybe blasé about it all. They gave me fluids and some anti-nausea medicine via IV and and that was it. And uh, just sort of, you know, hoped it would help. And how did you feel afterwards? Did you do you think it really helped for a longer time, or was it just more momentarily? Yeah, it was momentarily. I had a couple of hours where I felt like I was somewhat norm normal, you know. And then mm-hmm. we got home, and of course, I was back on the bathroom floor. Oh no, that's <laughs> that's really that's really horrible. But did the, did you actually got diagnosed then at that point uh, with HG or not at that point? From there, actually, uh, because things so quickly went back to being horrible, uh, I went to see then a doctor just at the like public health doctor uh, outside of Nevola, uh-huh. though, and uh, they prescribed me with some anti-nausea medicine, and that's when the HG was was first was diagnosed and was first talked about you know that it was this thing that wasn't just morning sickness okay and um regarding because you mentioned the the finnish actually public health care it's uh, relatively often scrutinized by international well not just parents but internationals overall in, in living in finland and uh, not everybody's kind of expectations are met regarding the care that they would want to receive so how has it been for you uh have you been happy with the with the public health care, especially because you went outside of Neovala, so to the just health station. And uh, has there been any difference maybe between the two pregnancies in their approach? I definitely think that in general, I should have been given more, much more information, but also more options because, you know, well, I mean, I didn't know at the time, of course, but now having having been through two HG pregnancies, I now know that things like reflexology and acupuncture and there are there are other things that you can do to try and help with this sickness uh, mm-hmm. that can help also just uh, normal people who suffer from bad normal morning sickness. And, you know, at no point did anyone recommend, the only recommendation I received was here's some some tablets, some anti-nausea tablets. And, you know, when you're vomiting 50 times a day to keep a tablet in is sort of like really unrealistic. Impossible. Yes. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's very, it's actually really sad, that especially also from the Neovola side, who should be there kind of as a following your pregnancy and giving all kinds of tips and tricks kind of like how to survive and how to how to yeah how to just feel good and yeah i think it should be definitely also their place to to have some kind of information on all these like alternative things if maybe the doctor doesn't have it uh in the beginning i thought that the care i was receiving was sort of really good i'm not one who usually questions sort of their doctor's opinions unless they seem very outlandish Mm -hmm. so uh 
the first pregnancy definitely I sort of just sort of grinned and bared it and and like went, went along with what they were saying but the second time around because I knew what I was in for and I had of course done done more research knowing that going into a second pregnancy there was a good chance I would have the HG again and that's when I realized mm-hmm. that probably I I wasn't supported in the way that I could have been yeah that's that's actually really sad to hear and I hope with with this episode and maybe some more some more moms can be helped and that they get to know kind of what they can do and not just be there and kind of like <laughs> let it get it over with but uh, did you do you have any friends or or from Australia that had a HG during their pregnancy and was their care there different? I don't here? actually personally know anyone. I, in fact, I I believe it only affects something like one percent uh, of pregnancies. So uh, I I don't know anyone. But I think I have, of course, talked to friends that have had but less complicated births and pregnancies in Australia. Uh-huh. And I still think that the healthcare here is as good, if not better, than what I would have been offered in Australia. I mean, my pregnancies were not enjoyable, that's for sure. And I'm not sure that they could have done anything that would have made them enjoyable. But at least for me, in my opinion, my birthing experiences were really wonderful and I did feel during those times really supported and that was important to me after having, you know, such such horrible pregnancies that I got to have this enjoyable moment. That's that's really nice to hear, yes. At least at least kind of like the two bad pregnancies ended with a with a very positive experience, of course, having your baby, but also a positive birthing experience, which uh Unfortunately, not everybody has, but um, it's really it's really amazing that you got that as at least as a as a positive experience connecting your pregnancy. I'm very grateful that that it played out that way, so uh, that at least I could look back and think think that it was you know not all so bad. Although in saying that, I I believe HG will be the reason I I don't have another child. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I can understand that. I don't think that I would even go for another one. I have to say I'm very amazed that you knew that the, there is a big chance to, of going through another one of the 8G pregnancies and, and actually doing it. What not we do for, for our kids? <laughs> I know, I know. Sometimes I wonder wonder myself how I, I convinced myself that, that it was a good idea, you know, to go through that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can. I agree totally. So lastly, I would like to focus on your ideas, Jess, both for kind of improving the care you got at the public health care, but also regarding local support. So what went wrong, but uh, could have been handled better. And later on, we can talk a bit about maybe some local support groups or overall support groups. And if there's maybe a bigger need for for these type of things. Uh, I think that for me, the most important thing uh, during any like pregnancy, even even one that's not having having any sort of complication, is just to provide a mother or mother to be with information. You know, like everyone warns you about don't go home and just Google, you know, whatever's going on because you may not find accurate information and often your worst case scenarios are the first things that are present. But 
when the people who should provide you with the information don't? I mean, what choice do you have? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I had two totally, let's say, normal pregnancies without any complications. And still, for some things, I had to Google and... Uh, because otherwise I didn't know where to get the information from. Because, of course, uh, everybody has a different kind of pregnancy and you can never compare yourself to kind of other moms because you never know if it's the same thing or not. And also it, it would be nice to get some kind of more support. I totally agree. Like more information, more a bit detailed information about certain things that can happen in, in certain stages of the pregnancy and that are completely normal. So, yeah, I, t I totally agree on that. And I think especially for these kind of complications like AG or many others like preeclampsia, a lot of dif other different things, but that there are relatively common or they're not impossible to have. There should be some kind of information system given out to the pregnant women to, to kind of know, OK, if you have these and these symptoms, this could be it. So come in and we can check you out rather than somebody, like you said, sitting at home and, and Googling then, OK, do I have this or am I dying? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, something actually I just noticed or thought to myself after an appointment for, for one of my boys at Nervola the other week is that I think sometimes because they do, you know, for the most part the same thing day in and day out, which is look at children and make sure that they're growing and healthy, I, I felt like maybe they had got sort of stuck in this this rut where what they do is they check like yes your child's measurements are correct you say your child eats and sleeps and can roll so your child is happy and healthy and everything is fine and mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes they get so in routine of doing these things or the same with a pregnant mother you know that this is fine and that is fine your blood sugars are fine so all in all you're fine yeah that maybe they they sometimes miss things yeah even though they're there that they don't miss anything but um what what i heard about uh a lot discussions that i heard about are that they focus that neovala focuses on the baby they don't focus as much on the mom would you agree on that or disagree i would but i also feel in my case i mean uh i wasn't directly told i don't think at any point from memory that the hg could actually uh, you know, create problems for the baby. And I, mm -hmm. at no point did uh, did anyone tell me that, you know, having this and not eating or drinking, of course, I knew that it wasn't good for the baby. But, but nobody, you know, explicitly said that it can lead to this and this and whatnot. And, and that would have been good. That would have been nice to know. Both of my boys were born small. And during my whole pregnancy... Mm -hmm. I was told that they were quite small and I felt like saying or I did say that you know you would doesn't that make sense if I can't eat or drink anything then they're taking from me whatever they can so of course they're small. <laughs> yeah that's that's really true yeah yeah that's actually really sad that they didn't kind of connect that and overall connect it kind of like to the health of the baby I mean I I assume that if there would have been something majorly wrong they of course would have seen it but still it's uh it would have been at least reassuring for you to know okay they're they're acknowledging that kind of like this can affect the baby too it's not kind of like just your problem yeah and you know the mother and the baby are connected that that what yes. the mother goes through the baby also experiences Yes, I completely agree. I think we've had also with my other host Katya and Rabea some discussions about this that uh, 
it and with other moms as well in, in mommy groups that uh, they should kind of remember that the mom is also that the, that the mom is also there and that the mom is as important if not even more important than the baby at that point because there's no baby without the mom so uh, yeah I think especially also with the postpartum and, and during pregnancy care also the the focus is so much on the baby and not on the kind of the health of the mom as much as it should maybe be the only other thing I could could suggest also would be that like they could you know knowing that I had HG if they would ever come across they could have a database or something if they would come across another English English speaking mother also suffering HG you know I would be so happy to tell her all of the things I have learned through having two HG pregnancies you know things that may help things that they didn't tell me about but I found were beneficial so what are what are some of these things maybe you can share here maybe you can share here a few things maybe for if there is somebody among our listeners who who had or, or has AG at the moment like what was what would be your like top three things that really helped you uh, um yeah along with the uh, reflexology that you already mentioned before yeah I mean uh definitely I mentioned it earlier but Uh, acupuncture can be really really helpful and that's for mothers also who just have some like bad morning sickness I would recommend giving it a go the other thing is if if you have a child already and you are going to have a second pregnancy make sure that you have help on hand you know I would I'm very fortunate that Uh, I have a very supportive husband but also that we have his family and our friends around because I was incapable of looking after our two-year-old while I was pregnant and and to do that without the support I had would have been you know uh, overwhelming so that's definitely yeah I can't even imagine like I know how it was for me with uh, with being pregnant with uh, with a small kid at home and I, I had a totally normal pregnancy so I can't even imagine feeling sick the whole day and not being able to move or do anything or eat anything and still have to take care of of somebody else. Yeah, I I think they're probably for me two of the biggest. You know, there's there's lots of talk about what you foods or drinks maybe benefited you, but in my experience those are different for every person and they differ from like day to day or week to week. You might find that suddenly you can tolerate a tiny bit of Uh, I don't know lemonade but then two days later you know it goes back to the fact that you can't get anything at all so no no big recommendations on on that yeah but still still maybe maybe some of these things that you mentioned I think they can be very beneficial for for some moms out there that are going through the same thing right now I hope so it's all worth it in the end <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true So that was it for today. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Jess, for taking the time and coming on our podcast. Uh, I think many of our listeners will be not only interested, but also very thankful that you shared your story with all of us. It is always important and helpful to know that one is not alone. Thank you for having me. And thank you for making these amazing podcasts for, for us mums in Finland. 
<laughs> that's great to hear that you like it. And um, if you actually wondered what essentials you'll need in Finland for the arrival of your little one, tune in for our next episode. And in the meantime, you can check out the website for more details and resources at parentingwithsisu.com and read my blog posts on how important having a village is when raising kids. Have a great week and see you next time. Bye bye.